0: Welcome to I'm not okay with day I am your host today. How are you guys doing today? I am feeling really good. I'm very excited to start this little mini series. Okay, so guys, this is what we're going to get into. Today, we are starting a mini series about identity. And I'm really excited because this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. Um, going through everything that I've been going through, identity has been an issue for me. It's been something that I've been really working on trying to figure out who I am. And I figure that this is something that I feel like other people are probably struggling with too. And so, you know, that's the whole point of this is not just to process my own things, but also help you guys. So That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, we're going to get into our some type of way, y'all. Now, let me tell y'all what I've been up to. I have been getting my name changed officially. I know, I know you guys, it's been a minute. Like, obviously, we've been divorced for a while, but I was. doing other things, right? <laughs> and so the name change, like the official name change was just not at the top priority list. Well, now that we're going to start our life over completely, I was like, listen, I'm starting over the right way. Okay, we're starting out as our OG name with our OG name as our truest self, which means we need to X out the past in its entirety. Here's a thing that people don't talk about, okay? When you get married, if you're someone who has gotten married and you change your name, you know what I'm talking about. Changing your name is the most annoying thing. It is a very tedious process. It's not as easy as one, two, three. It's really irritating, and no one talks about that. You know, when you're getting married, everybody's so excited and you're excited about taking your partner's name and that's the most important thing. And so you're not even even aware of what the steps are to change your name until you go about doing it. And you're like, oh, well. But the thing about it is when you change your name, when you get married, you know, in your head, at least for me personally, I thought, well, this is a temporary inconvenience for a lifetime of just being one with my partner. And um, obviously that wasn't the case. So here we are. Okay. And you guys, I feel like the things have changed. Like, I feel like the rules have changed because I mean, it's been a couple years, so I don't remember it being this much. Like I don't remember it being this, oh, this annoying. I went on the internet and I saw, okay, here's what I need to do. I got to go to the court. got to change my license. Great. So I did that. And then the people are like, well, you need to change your social security card first, which I knew that was a thing I had to do, but I didn't remember the order in which I needed to do it. I thought, okay, you get the court, the judge to sign off everything. And then you change it. I mean, to me, that made the most sense, but no, y'all. So I had this whole plan in my head. I'm about to do this. I'm about to get it all done before I leave, and then I realize, oh, I need to do all these other steps. And let me tell y'all, okay, I don't know if you guys are, if you guys, all of my American listeners, if you have ever gone to the social security office during COVID-19, I am sorry. And also I understand it is, it's the worst because of course with COVID-19, it's closed down. They're only doing phone service. It's a lot y'all. And therefore, the things that you could normally do that probably would not take a long time. Now it's taking a long time. The people were like, yeah, I got, I have to turn in like very important documents and stuff. But I was like, the only way to do, they were telling me the only way to do that is through mail. And I was like, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable mailing all these personal things to you guys. Like, I don't like that. Anyways, they, they said we can drop it off. Okay. So I did all of that. And Praise the Lord. Let me tell you how God answers prayers. I really, really wanted to get everything done before I left because. I have to do everything in the county that I live in right now. But of course, if I leave, it's going to be a different county and all these complications. So I was like, it's better to just get it all done now. When I went to the social security, they were like, well, you're going to get the thing within two weeks. Well, it was like within two weeks, I'm about to be out of here within two weeks. Like that's not going to work for me. So I prayed. I said, Lord, I just really need this to come before then. And you guys, it was literally like the next business day I got the the letter that my new social security card was in the mail and then I got it like so quickly and then you guys I went to the court and I immediately got my new driver's license and everything like that so let me tell you it's official (laughs) we're officially back to our OG last name and I cannot tell you how excited I am about it and let me tell you I don't care what is going to happen in the future. If I ever have to get married again, I am not changing my last name. So to my future husband, I'm sorry in advance It's not happening. You can change your last name to mine. Okay. You can go through. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. I don't care. No. So sorry. <laughs> so it started off like very frustrating, but you know what? The Lord worked it out. Here we are. And so I'm very, very happy about that. And speaking of names, I think it's a perfect segue into talking about the topic at hand, which is our identity. Um, honestly, you guys, I'm gonna just be real. I really struggled with figuring out how to even approach this topic because it's something I've been thinking about a lot, it's something I've dealt with a lot in therapy, I've talked about with my friends and family. But I don't know, figuring out how to articulate it in a way that would be relatable for other people who may not be going through what I'm going through, and just also articulate it in a way that makes sense, just articulating articulating my own feelings. It's just been a struggle. And I have tried to record this podcast like three times. And every time I just stopped because I was like, uh, I'm just not happy with this. So here's hoping. this is it. Okay. (laughs) Here's hoping this is the one that makes it. So I think to start this one off, I think what I want to do is just talk about my own personal experience and struggle with my identity through all the things that I've gone through, um, especially in the last year, well, the last five years, essentially. Um, You know, it's funny because when I wasn't in, in the relationship, I remember I told my friend, my ex I was telling them to listen if we're ever not together anymore, I'm just gonna have to deactivate my Facebook. I'm just gonna have to erase my existence on the internet because it's it's pointless, it's shameful, <laughs> it's embarrassing. This person was all over my social media and it's gonna be very obvious to everyone, if this doesn't happen, and I just need to just X myself off the face of social media, because I'd rather just deactivate everything than have everybody see that this is no longer a thing, you know, which, (laughs) I mean, big problem, (laughs) big, that mindset was such a big problem. And then here we are. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I said it as, you know, a joke, but not really. And then here we are. And I remember, man, when everything just happened, I looked at my Facebook account and I just uh I was so upset. And I I, I stared at it for a while, not even knowing what to do, because you know, a part of me was like, Yeah, girl, just deactivate it. But then the other part of me was like, Well. Why should I get rid of something that I enjoy and something that's uh, you know a big part of my life because of this person? Like, why am I giving this person so much power? You know, so I never ended up deactivating it. I didn't just like changing my name. You know, the classic thing you do when you break up with somebody: delete all the pictures, all the evidence, and of course, people noticed. And um. When people notice, some people are brazen enough to come straight to your face and be like, so I saw this, what's going on? I literally had a couple people do that to me. And then there were some people who didn't outwardly say this, but maybe they like slyly tried to reach out to me, you know, because they... I was on their mind, you know, and then you have the people who realized and said nothing. And <laughs> I know, I knew that everybody was seeing it. And honestly, it was, it was very, uh, I was very embarrassed. Um, and I think that was kind of like the start of me really, um, uh, really figuring out who I am, you know, I said this, I think before, but when I was in the marriage, I feel like I lost myself. I said this to my therapist when I, when the divorce was happened. then I feel like I'm, I'm losing myself now that I'm not in the marriage anymore. And then later on, I realized, wait, I actually lost myself in the marriage because I let the, the identity, the role of wife be my identity instead of me being me as a person, then a wife, it was just wife was the only thing. And I just lost my light. I lost so much of my self esteem. I placed so much value in my role as a wife. And in what I could do for this person, that I no longer was happy with myself. And the worst part about it is, I didn't even realize this was what was going on until, of course, after the fact. And, you know, ever since I've not been in the marriage anymore and I've been able to just reflect on things, I realized how unhealthy that was. And I'm, it's just another one of those reasons why I'm eternally grateful that this divorce happened because it really has allowed me to figure out who I am, really. Um, and, and figure out if I like who I am and figure out if I don't. let me try to change that, you know, and it's just been an amazing journey, I feel like of self discovery, and ultimately of self love. And I am so grateful that I'm in this place. Now. And again, this is why I wanted to talk about this. What I realized for myself is that I placed a lot of my worth and my value based on the role, as I said, that I was, that I had based on the label as wife and based on other people's perceptions of me. And I mean, it goes right back to the Facebook thing, because here's the thing, you guys. I. I didn't realize until, of course, after the fact, and just working in therapy and figuring myself out how much I cared about what people thought of me. You know, I've always been kind of the golden child and I've always been like the example person. And so, and I really love that. I I love to, to be that person. And so I really placed a lot of value in continuing to be that person and you know, I remember in the beginning of the relationship, I shared so much about the relationship on my social media. Like he was everywhere. I know we were, we were that disgusting couple. Everybody hated it. I know, but I did so much of that. And part of that was because, you know, I was just so happy. You know, when you're in the beginning stages of relationship, you're just like so happy and you're just on cloud nine and everything is rainbows and flowers. So the big part of that was that, but it also was like, Hey, look at me. I, um, I'm doing all the things that I should be doing. You know, I'm in college, I'm working toward my degree, and I got myself a good stable boyfriend. Look at me. And I I, I felt really good about that. And then I, you know, as as time went on, and just me meeting like the next goal and the next step, I did my master's, and then I got married, and then I got this job. And I kept on just advancing myself in my career. And then we got our house. It's just, I was following all of the steps the society tells you you're supposed to follow. And I felt great. About that, but what I realized is, I I found more um, fulfillment, or I was placing all of the the value on just m- meeting the steps, and not actually living in that. Because the truth of the matter is, you guys, I was unhappy. I was struggling a lot during all of those steps. I mean, okay, let me not say all of the steps. Because I feel like for me personally, in the dating phase, it was pretty good. But a lot of things changed after the marriage happened. And so, yeah, that's the time when you know you're settling down and you're really creating the life that you want to create. But behind the, scene, behind the scenes, even I was putting out all this and everybody was seeing, Oh, look at Dania. She's, she's doing this and her look at her life. Like she really is such a good example, but on the inside, I was not happy and I didn't admit that to myself. That's the worst part about it. I never admitted to myself how unhappy I was. I would say until the last year of the marriage and I struggled mentally and I lied to myself, to everybody around me. And it wasn't until everything blew up in my face that I finally was able to look at the situation as it was. But the point of saying all of that is I really just felt like a failure when all of this ended because of what other people were going to think about me. And I think this is very common. And I feel like it's just... Uh, it sucks because there's so many of us who think about, okay, what is this person going to think? What is the reputation I'm going to have like be? And that's the thing that just like guides our every um, step in life. And we don't even realize it. We don't realize how much it's guiding us until everything falls apart. And we have to like, then reevaluate the whole situation, you know? And once I was able to understand how much, um, importance, I was basing on other people's opinions. I was like, but wait, why do I care about what other people think about me? Really? And that was something I had to dive into um, in therapy. And it's something that I'm still working on. But I feel like I've gotten to a place finally, where I'm like, I've relieved myself of that. Like, that's not the thing that guides me. It's a thought that pops up, but it's not the thing that guides the way that I live my life. And I'm so grateful that I'm at that place because, again, that being able to relieve that gave me a sense of freedom. Because now I'm really able to live my life for me, you know? So losing the reputation that I had, you know, or at least that I told myself that people had of me... Losing that, I was actually able to start focusing on what was really important, which was how do I view myself? How does God view me? What is actually important to me? You know, and that was huge. And you know, it, it ties hand in hand because again, then going to the the label and the role that I had as wife, I lost that too. But I was able to, again, think of myself. When I got married, you know, I I think as a woman in general, we are trained and conditioned to be the wife, to be the perfect wife. You know, it's not something that there's like a training class or anything, but This is the messaging we get when we grow up in all, in every every sense of the word, in media, social media, you know, our communities, just in a general, in society, the message we get is you need to be the best version of yourself as a woman for your future spouse. At least this was the messaging I got for myself. You know, it's always do this so that your future spouse is going to be happy. And do this so that you are going to be the best spouse possible. And there's never like, do this so you can be the best version of yourself for yourself. You know, and I really bought into all of that. And so I, when I got married, I was very much like, yeah, I'm going to be the greatest wife. I'm going to do all of these things. And I really played that well. And I really thought of my husband's needs before my own. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, because of course, I I do believe that when you're married, you know, you do want to think about your partner, but I don't think that should come with neglecting yourself. And I didn't realize that. And I get for me, the struggle happened when the unconditional love was no longer there because I had the unconditional love for this person who was not reciprocated. And I felt that. And I felt like, okay, well, if I just did this, then I will earn this person's love. And all of my value was based on how he viewed me. And the message I was getting from him was, I am not enough for him. Therefore, I am not enough, period. And that is the thing that just messed up my self-esteem that I'm still still struggling with and still working on feeling like I am enough. And after the divorce happened, and I was explaining this to my therapist, it was like, I kind of knew, you know, I I made it sound like in the beginning, oh yeah, I know who I am. I knew who I was. I was a strong, independent person. I was this, I was a person who everybody relied on. And I was just this person who was confident and everybody, you know, I gave off this persona of just confidence, right? But the reality is on the inside, behind the closed doors, I had no confidence at all. I questioned myself. I doubted myself completely. And I never felt good about who I was, not when I was in that marriage. And so then getting out of that marriage, I was able to look at the situation for what it really is. I was able to finally be honest with myself. And what I realized is, you lost who you were in this, all the confidence and the things that you loved about yourself. You didn't have that in the marriage. And you know what, there was actually a point where my ex said, I don't even know who you are anymore, because you're you're questioning so many things. And you never used to do this before. Like, this isn't the person that I got with because you're, you're doubting yourself so much right now. You're not this person. You're supposed to be a confident person. He actually said that to me once, you know? And um, it's just crazy how you get into situations and you, whether it's the depression, the mental issues that you have, trauma, the way that that makes you see situations as completely distorted. And that's what will happen to me. And I remember one of my best friends said to me before even everything that happened. She said, "You know, Dania, I I can see that you've lost your light." She said that before anything, and I I really thought about that. I was like, "Hmm, that's interesting." Because I I mean, this is a, this is my friend who I haven't seen like physically in years, and who you know we only talk through Facetime and stuff. But somehow she was able to tell that something was not really there, you know. And even at the time, hearing that, I was like, "Mm, that's interesting. But it still didn't make sense to me until, again, after everything happened and I, I evaluated the situation. I was like, yeah, I did lose my light. And it's kind of unfortunate that a part of the light that was lost was due to this person. But again, you know, losing that identity of wife and all that came with that was actually the thing I needed to really learn about me again and get, and I don't want to say get back to who I was because I really feel like it's move forward to a new version of me, a new, better improved version of me. I remember that there was a therapy session I had kind of like in the beginning when everything happened and my therapist said, how would you describe yourself in five words only? And, you know, the first thing you're coming to your head that comes to your head is like your career, like social worker and, you know, therapist and can't say wife anymore because it's not that, you know, but the kind of, again, the roles that you play. You know, I am a social worker because this is the role that I play. I am a daughter because this is my role. I am a friend because this is my role. And it's like, okay, but what are the adjectives that you would use to describe yourself? And it was, it was challenging because I remember I said I wanted to stay confident, but then I said, but I, I don't even feel like that anymore, you know, and I wanted to say funny, But I didn't feel like I was funny. You know, there was just all the adjectives that I had to describe myself were so difficult. And they were all connected to roles. And that's the other part of this um, identity thing. I placed so much value in the roles that I played. A lot, again, at work, you know, being a therapist, being a social worker, it really is something that I was, and I'm still proud of. And um, I, 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 have, I, I said social worker to my therapist, and then as we were talking about it more, I said, you know what? I'm not going to change that word though, because I do feel like I'm a social worker outside of work. Like I feel like what social worker encompasses is my personality, um, in terms of just being an advocate and being someone who is caring and thinks of others and wants to help others and having that always, you know, be my priority. I feel like that's a big part of just my character. And I think that's, I think it's okay. Cause I don't think the, when I think of social worker, I think less of like what I do and more just a character traits, you know, but the point is, in the world that we live in, especially in American society and Western societies, there is so much emphasis placed on what you do and you and what you're worth, you know, and how much money you make. And if you're not doing, 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 then you're not productive and you're not this and you're not that and i mean i I, again i bought into all of that too and it was something that i again had to evaluate because guess what this was a year where i wasn't working i wasn't doing my my social work job like this is the year where i lost all of all of the things i thought were important in my identity i lost all those things I lost the husband, I lost my job, I lost the house, I lost all of these things that were so important to me. And so I really had to take time to figure out, okay, who I am without all of these things. And and what I realized is there's just way too much emphasis on your value based on your role and what you do. And I just, I wanted to get away from that, you know? Why can't I just be? That's something that came up so much in therapy. I just want to be. I just want to be myself, however that is right now. It's depressed. It's, I'm struggling. I'm not okay. And I just, I just want to be that without any kind of judgment, first of all, on myself and from other people. Why can't I just be? Why can't I just be at my parents' house, you know? And, I struggled because I had so much judgment towards myself about all of these things in the beginning. And it took me a long time to let that go. And I think this is a society um, problem of just, if you are not doing this, if you're not, first of all, if you're not following the steps as you should, you know, and then if you're not doing X, then you're not enough. I hate it. I hate it. You are enough for just you, period. Period. And that's something that I've really grown to accept of myself and um, love of myself. And it's something I want to continue to carry with me. Like, no, as you are, as I am, Dania, I am enough. That's it. It doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter what I don't do. I am enough, just me. And it kind of goes into the, what God has taught me, actually, we're just going to go there because, you know, something that God has taught me is that I am enough. He created me, he created me as me, everything that I have right now is every, everything that I am was intentional. And it's not that I'm a perfect person. I'm not, there is definitely things that I need to work on right? I'm not a perfect person, but God created me as I am. And he didn't look at me and say, well, that's a mistake. He, even at my worst quality, he never said, well, I shouldn't have put that in there. you need to, he never said that's not acceptable. You know, it's just, he never made a mistake when he created me. And when he created me, he looked at me and he said, this is good. Just like in the beginning, when you created man and woman, when you created all the other things, this is good. So why am I doubting myself so much? And why am I not enough for me? You know, once I was able to get rid of other people's opinions, not place value in the role in the labels, I was able to look at me for who I am and say, you know what? I like that person. I like that person this is who I am. This is me. And it is what it is. And God is just continuously showing me not only that he never made a mistake when he created me, but that he loves me unconditionally. And I've really grown to learn and understand fully what that unconditional love means. And, you know, what I'm really grateful for is that I'm able to still love unconditionally, that he's teaching me how to do it, regardless of not having that. Really, the biggest um, message I want to send here in this first episode, just talking about and processing this whole thing of identity is who you are is enough, period. And Who you have been. It's always been enough. Always. And it will always be enough. And don't let all these other things be the determining factor for who you are. And that's something that I'm working on internalizing. I think I've gotten there. I think I've done. I think that I'm getting there. And that's all I want to say, y'all. You're enough. So, You know, I thank you guys for staying on the journey with me figuring it out because the podcast has been a big part of that. Just figuring out what I want to do and who I am as a person and my purpose in life. And, you know, I hope that you guys are able to figure that out for yourself as well. So thank you guys for staying with me on the journey, y'all. Next week, we have a special episode. We're continuing in our series of identity. I have a special guest. Stay tuned for that. Until then, you guys, bye.